Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, hello and welcome to the newest instalment of the One Up podcast delivered through Anfield Index. Um, this uh, podcast we're going to be talking about first-person shooter games. It is that time of year, getting ready for the Christmas rush with all that, with every single game coming out under the sun. So, who have I got with me tonight? Well, we've got Marco Lopez, the host of the AI main pod. So, how are you doing, Marco? I'm good. Uh, fresh off, uh, what is it? This is, I think this is my third part this week. I'm going to start becoming like the, the, that guy from Malaysia. Yeah, it's my, it's in my like third, every part. It's my third <laughs> pod as well. My third pod as well. Um, and then our other guest is Leroy, the host of the Tactics Pod. How are you doing, Leroy? I'm all good. And Marco, that was a cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm really on to, to talk about something different from uh, what I usually do, so really, really excited. You can still break down games in the same way, Leroy, it's fine. <laughs> oh, but, um, we might as well get to know you a bit. Obviously, we all of us know you better for uh, football reasons. So, Marco, we might as well start with you. So, what, what console are you on and what, ga- what games are you interested in at the moment? So, um, I am one of those uh, really sort of old-school, typical PC people, but I do have a P- PS3 as well. Um, and the kind of stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm very much sort of into action-adventure, RPG Love first-person shooters as well, though. Um, one of my favorite games ever actually is is a first-person shooter, which is uh, Bioshock. Um, but if you'd, uh, you know, if, if if you sort of look at my historical library, um, the Batman Arkham games, massive favorites of mine. Knights of the Old Republic, if uh, people can can think that far back, the very first one, Mass Effect 2, a big favorite of mine. But there's but there's loads of others that that I've enjoyed and 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 uh, played down the years. What I'm busy with at the moment is actually spending a lot of time with the kids playing Lego games because, uh, you know, they, they've just started entering this world. Um, and for their sin, they have me as a dad, so that means they can't help but be be, be in gaming. And uh, 
the, the Lego Marvel Heroes game, I can highly recommend as something for, for any parent wanting to get their kids into it. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm still trudging through Skyrim, which I think I've been playing for the better part of the year. So it's really big. <laughs> yeah, that, the remaster comes out this year for console gamers as well. So I'll be, I think, I'll I think be delving time, back into that world. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think by the time uh, I finished the game, they would have remastered it twice. So, <laughs> uh. God. But don't lie, Marco. Your kids aren't playing Lego. It's you playing Lego. <laughs> oh, God. We all played Lego Star Wars at some point. Um, but Leroy, same question for you, really. What what, what game's uh, catching your fancy at the moment? Well, uh, I guess recently, um, typically this time of year is when uh, games... I, I guess the, the, the gaming scene is, is more on the news and not really on the current. Mm. So I, actually for now, I'm, I'm more like spending two hours on, on COD multiplayer almost every night. So that's, that's what I've been, I've been doing for, for, I guess, the past few months. Uh, without the, I, I guess around this time of the year, the, the new releases don't really... Uh, it, it's nothing too much. Maybe around now you get FIFA. But mm. other than that, yeah, mainly I just stick to about the the one two hours of of Call of Duty where, wherever I can. If if I'm not doing podcasts, I'm I'm basically doing that. Yeah, I think that's most of, that's most of us involved with AI. But uh, so mm. we'll we'll crack on with um, FPS games on the whole. So we might as well look at um, some classics, really, or maybe classics. So every everyone had a starting point. So Marco, what what was your first FPS game you probably experienced? Uh, the first game of FPSs I played was way back in the 90s. Doom 2, Rise of the Triad, Duke Nukem 3D, Hexen, Quake. Those are the five that I, that, that I sort of grew up on. Um, fond memories of Duke Nukem 3D. It was, it was the most insanely stupid fun I've, I've, uh, I've had uh, with a first person shoot at the time. Uh, after that went in, in, sort of into, into the gaming wilderness for a while and then re, re-entered it with, uh, Various things, uh, Fear, Stalker, the Bioshock series, Far Cry 2, Far Cry 3, uh, Prey. I did play Call of, a couple of Call of Duties as well, in particular Black Ops is, is, is one I enjoyed. Um, and then slowly but surely start, started playing a few that uh, had a couple more RPG influences, the likes of Fallout, Borderlands, Deus Ex, Rage, Dishonored. So, I mean, but, but generally speaking, have... Have always been very very comfortable with uh, with a good first person shooter, but I want to see if you guys have a, have a similar aged example like I have because I'm pretty sure that the, the you guys might have not played one of those five that I mentioned first up. Uh, for me myself, I probably didn't play it when I was young, but I've I've gone back and played Duke Nukem and all that. I, I love Duke Nukem, even the crappy remakes. I still love them games, even though I knew they were bad. <laughs> Um, but Leroy, what what was your first experience of first person shooters? Well, I I think Marco will be pretty surprised, but I remember playing Doom as well when when I first began. So that was on the PC, and then after that, uh, I played basically Call of Duty two, Call two, the big red one. That that campaign on on the PS two, that was the one that really really got me into into FPSs. Then soon after, I went into Call four. Um, for, for campaign and then Modern Warfare 2 and from Modern Warfare 2 is where I actually started playing uh, multiplayer but before that um, I, I also played Medal of Honor uh, a, a few of the single player uh, campaigns for, for Medal of Honor 
I've, I've played uh, CS with, with friends at like a, an, a local internet cafe where we all sit together side by side and, and play, say, three on two or something like that. But, but yeah, basically, caught two. And then after that, uh, a, a few others like CS, like, uh, caught four, uh, Modern Warfare 2, um, if you include Left 4 Dead as a first-person shooter, then yep, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, things like that as well. Mm, I, think I've, I think I've played all them games, but for uh, for me personally, I think Medal of Honor was probably the first one I played on PlayStation. And then I moved over to the original Xbox, so Halo was quite a big influence on me. I, I think you you was probably I think you're both P- PlayStation guys, aren't you, or PC guys? So you may not have played. Yeah. Halo. You've probably not played Halo. Um, Played it once at the mate's house, but that's about it. Yeah, Halo yep, was. Likewise. Halo was probably the blue one of the blueprints for modern FPS games. But uh, Call of Duty Four, Call of Duty Five, they they were just mega. I mean, I, I spent days playing those games. Um, and Rainbow Rainbow, I think Rainbow Six Vegas, um, they're probably one of the more underrated FPS series. Um, that was probably one of my first experiences with. Uh, multiplayer pvp stuff um which kind of probably turned me into a game rager because that game was frustrating as hell uh, <laughs> but uh, we might as well we'll move on to what makes a good fps games because uh, quite a lot of them are similar but there is some that uh, stick out i mean cod dominates the sea the franchise or the genre i should say um so does battlefield but for for you, Leroy, what what do you look for in an FPS game? Is there, is there some kind of recipe that makes a game addictive and fun? Yeah, I guess for me, um, maybe I'll go on a bit of a rant. So I guess for me, if it's if it comes to a single player, then it definitely comes down to to the characters in in uh, I, I yeah, the characters within the single player sort of storyline. So you must they must be interesting enough so that you get attached to them. And and like you know, some something like Master Chief for Halo, I know plenty of fans mm. are, are in love with Master Chief and things like that and, and for COD a lot of people love people like uh, Captain Price and things like that so it's, 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 you need to have really really relatable characters or I guess just characters that you can find yourself attached to and I guess other than that um, you don't want to play the same thing for, for the let's say the, the 8 to 12 hour sort of campaign so you need to find things that are I, I guess each, the, the FPS need to have things that that are a bit that that change things up a bit. So for for example, for me the the best single player campaign I've played is definitely COD 4. So mm. in that game, you don't just have the typical you know go from point A to point B while killing people with your gun and throwing grenades and things like that. And you also have things like um, the all guild up mission where where you went stealthy and and you had a sniper and you're, you're supposed to go through. Uh, from point A to point B, but without without really using your gun, I and then you had mission. different. That <laughs> mission is is I, I think it's a really really popular one uh, b- between uh, I, I guess among the, the the Call of Duty fans, and also you had the the one where you were you you were in, in an AC one thirty, and and then you were supposed to protect your um you were supposed to protect your teammate mm. uh, who's running from point A to point B in the AC one thirty. That was really the one that stood out to me as well. So. In terms of single player, yeah, I think you need to find characters that you need to have characters that you're attached to, and also you must change things up. You can't just do the same thing for the same eight to twelve hours, you know. Even if it's different settings or, or I guess, uh, different scenarios, I don't think that's good enough to to be a change up. Um, but I guess for multiplayer, I, I think that's where developers can really uh, diversify and things like that. But I guess for me, for multiplayer, you must really have the balance, and and I guess you must find a way to have 
to, to, to keep me involved into the game. So again, you, you can't expect me to play 70 or, or 80 hours of a game doing the same thing. So I guess for balance, it, it comes down to, to weapons, it comes down to equipment or, or any other, um, I, I guess gimmick. So like, like for Call of Duty, there is, um, score streaks for Halo. There are power weapons, uh, for CS. Um, I guess for CS is mainly on, 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 on grenades and, 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 and guns. But balance is really important, and and I guess to to keep me involved in the game, to to not be so bored of it, of it uh, let's say ten hours in, you, I I think for a Call of Duty, since I'm mainly a Call of Duty player, the one that keeps what keeps me I I guess involved in in it is that mini RPG sort of element within the game. So like to get this camo for this gun, you need seven hundred and fifty kills with it. So mm. you work towards that that seven hundred and fifty kills. Then once you're done with that camo, then then something else comes up. Oh, if you want this attachment, you need a- another. Do not how many kills or how many headshots or how many uh kills without dying and things like that. I think that is what keeps me continue wanting to play um um multiplayer games. So there are some there are some games like like CS, I guess um unless you're really really involved with esports, you it's pretty difficult to to stay within CS. But I know a lot of people like it because when whenever you meet different people online uh. I, I guess you play differently, so that's what uh, keeps keeps things fresh, you know. So that's why uh, all these first-person shooter games there are always so, so many updates and so many so much DLC. I, I think that is really really important to to make a multiplayer FPS game good, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. I, I like the um, comment about Call of Duty, where it's about challenges, unlocking new stuff, almost like flaunting what you've got to your um, mm-hmm. comrades and stuff like that showing yep. what what you're do what you've done in the game and show like a badge of honor kind of thing but Mark, marco mm-hmm. what what makes a great fps game for you well uh, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of generic elements and then i'll try and give some examples of some of the stuff that i've sort of seen it as uh aligned a little bit to to what Lero was saying around characters with personality i'll, I'll take that up a, up a step and i'll say for me it's about immersion um i love uh and i mean this this goes for any game to be honest but i think it, it's it's nice to come across an fps that really does a very good job of immersing you in the environment and the atmosphere and the music um it's one of the reasons I love Bioshock so much is the fact that, you know, you, you, you've got this crazy setting. It's an underwater city. It's got this weird, uh, uh, higher society element, but it's also got this horrific sort of almost post-apocalyptic type of feel. Uh, and in contrast, I have it like Deus Ex, which is very sort of futuristic sci-fi thriller style. And, 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 and it certainly engages you in that way. Um, also, quite important to me is is sort of contextually relevant handling and movement. So, you know, back in the day, you, you think of all the old all the old shooters, and and and, and things are very sort of uh, straight lines, very simplistic movements. Nowadays, you're looking for some, for example, something like fear. I think the very fact that you can lead around, lean around corners, which is a kind of a simple thing when you think about it, but uh, as a as a movement mechanic, and I mean now you've got far more sophisticated cover systems hmm. the 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 ability to actually do some some meaningfully normal things in in, in firefights actually makes makes for a pretty good fps because you know it, it makes the fighting a lot more interesting obviously um a third one for me would be level design especially a level design that allows the ability to be more creative so 
for example, more than one route to an objective. Uh, Deus Ex is a great example. Uh, linear game, but with many ways to solve it. Dishonored also does that pretty well, where you, you know you can be stealthy, you can be sort of straight up fighting everybody. Uh, or alternatively, different combat mechanics. There's there's a gem that I play that not not enough people have played called Bulletstorm. Uh, Bulletstorm is going to get a, a, a revamp, uh, revamped edition, uh, pretty soon. And in that one, it, it, it rewards creativity. It's really quite funny because you'll sit there like, you, you get all these crazy achievements. Like if you shoot a guy in the ass, you're going to get a fire in the hole achievement because, well, you shot him in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just all these amazing things that it rewards around ingenuity. Um, Something that I think is really important in FPSs as well is good opponents. So whether it's because they're smart, like fear, um, I still remember being outsmarted a couple of times by the AI, which was really, really scary and brilliant at the same time. Maybe it's just because of the sheer variety of uh, enemies like you get in Borderlands or sort of a tactical variety like in Stalker. So in Stalker, sometimes you had this massive sort of uh, uh, opponent who just took ages and, and loads of bullets to take down versus something that was, you know, far more close quarters and, and, and jumped at you really quickly and you had to sort of take him, take it down one shot. Uh, interesting weapons is obviously important. So whether it's sort of like a standard evolution, like Doom obviously is the classic example there. Pistol, shotgun, chain gun, uh, rocket launcher. Um, but then you get games that sort of vary it based on the approach. So Bioshock's a great example with the, that sort of gun plasma combination. Or just plain hilarious. One, one of the best things about Duke Nukem 3D, and for those who haven't played it, please go, go and try and get a classic example. Try the shrink ray. Try the freeze gun. It's hilarious. It's hilarious to use these things. Um, and then also just interesting and engaging combat. You know, you, you sort of, it's, it, it's great to sort of have, FPSs that, that that like to vary it up in terms of how you impact the enemies differently. Uh, I'll bring up the Sonnet as an example there because of the way that you you can approach enemies differently, uh, uh, be it through stealth or, or in a straight of firefight, um, and also just just variations in tension and energy. So, for example, um, uh, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, some of the firefights in, in the open areas in the infinite are, are really, really sort of hectic and, and tense and stressful. But then you'll get uh, a level in that in the same game, like Comstock House, where it's frightening and, and, and everything's really eerie and quiet, and you're waiting for something to jump out at you. And uh, by the time it does, you're just you're sort of more keen to run away than than actually get in the fight. <laughs> so it's it, but it, all these elements obviously work. It depends on the game. It depends on the game, and it depends on what that particular FPS is trying to do. Yeah, some great points there, especially Immersion. Um, Bioshock, I think that's probably up there with the best in terms of getting you into the feeling of uh, a game. I mean, not how, I don't know how a game can make you feel like you live in an Atla- in, in Atlantis world, but it does somehow. And then into a flying city in the sky. Um, but that is great stuff. And then, <laughs> then you get games like Borderlands where it's just fucking mental. I, I, don't, I don't. It's hard to explain how <laughs> how good Borderlands is, but at the same time, it's like I don't know why it's good. It's just fun. Uh, but that that's just variety at its best. Um, but Bulletstorm's not one I've checked out, but it sounds rather hectic and fun and crazy. Highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah. Highly, highly it sounds like Borderlands, but on another le- on another level of crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, first person shooters and. Anything first person, it's just it's so hard to make them different from one another because obviously most of them are around about shooting or shooting other players really, but it's hard to make 
PvP especially different. Um, uh, Leroy talked about the challenges. Uh, there's well, COD's got prestige systems. It's it's so hard to make it different, but some some just catch you and some don't. I mean, Titanfall will get onto later, but that was the last first-person shooter that really grabbed my attention. Um, I kind of fell out with the COD franchise, and Battlefield's never really been my cup of tea. Maybe till until one, which we'll go on to later. Um, but we'll move on to uh, the setting of a game. Obviously, you you both mentioned uh, where games are set that really grab you but this may be just personal preference or, or maybe you feel like you get a better experience out of a certain area but Mar- marco what what um era of warfare do you really like do you are you one that's a, a world war um one fan world war two do you like going into the future the present what, what what's your preference and what do you think's best for an fps game Generally speaking, it's it's I I haven't been sort of too keen on on uh, it's very seldom that I'm keen on like actually historically set wars. Usually I'm very keen on like the the mercenary solo spy thriller type stuff, which is quite surprising that then I didn't mention GoldenEye, but uh, uh, shockingly and sadly I haven't yet played it, and and I'm gonna get pelters for that. But anyway, um, I love I love those uh, those uh, FPSs that are very much set in that sort of survival horror RPG type elements. Mm. Cyberpunk, steampunk, futuristic genres—you know the, 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 that that kind of uh, that kind of dynamic. Uh, having said that, I think if uh, if, for example, I had the patience to deal with uh, Rainbow Six as a good example, um, I, it, it, that's probably the, the the closest sort of type of modern or realistic type of genre I'd, I'd be linked to. Um, Unfortunately, I just don't have enough of a, a, a patient streak in, in, in me to be able to, to play a game like that, even though it's really, really good. Mm. Uh, but that's, that's probably where, you know, so, sort of my genre interest kind of aligns, uh, uh, to, to the question you ask. Yeah. If, if, uh, are you on about Siege with Rainbow, the new one? Yeah, yeah, I just, it's, it's, you know what it is, um, I, I, what I found is, whenever I've sort of tried to play, play Rainbow in particular, it's just, mm. it's been very difficult for me to, to, to be particularly good at the yeah, whole tactical management thing. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, it's, it's like, uh, the, the, the setting is excellent and, and, and it's actually a hell of a, you know, it's a very smart game. Mm. Um, unfortunately, because I wasn't particularly good at it, it sort of became. And I mean, I'm not the type to admit I, I rage quit, but because uh, I've only ever really done it with with things like GTA and so forth. But um, it, uh, yeah, I, I I sort of got to the point where I was, I was a bit frustrated. But it's a pity because the setting is really really interesting to me, and and, and that's the kind of uh, like large scale wars and so forth. No, it's not really my cup of tea. But uh, it doesn't mean also that I won't that I won't play them and I won't. Try them out. I, I I did enjoy Black Ops, funny enough. Mm. Um, in 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 sort of respect of that that particular setting. Mm. Yeah, uh, ju- just to put my two cents on the Rainbow Six. All of them have frustrated the life out of me, and C just took that to a new level. As all every every game is search and destroy. You have one life, and you can't fuck up. And I am one who fucks up a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mm. But but Leroy, um, what what setting do you like? Are you, of, uh, you're more of a COD fan, so are you one to go, go into the future like they're doing with the series right now? I I guess when it comes to to single player, um, I, I for me it's, it's definitely the the World War One World War Two sort of eras mm. because growing up for me, 
whenever anyone speaks about, say, guns, for example, just like, you know, oh, I'm going to shoot you, like, like you know, like those uh, playful things you say when, when you're, when you're like, eight, seven, eight, nine years old and things like that. The gun that, that everyone mentions is something like the AK-47, you know, it's it just... It's just that AK-47, M16, MP5, that, those are the guns that kids just generally know. I, I, don't ask me how, but kids <laughs> just, just know of those guns, right? So for me, whenever I played COD 2, whenever I played, uh, COD 4's mission, uh, Modern Warfare 2's mission, those are the, that, that somehow relates to me. I feel so much, um, I, I mean, to me, I, I just feel so related to it because I know the guns. Some, somehow, I just know the guns. So definitely, for me, it was, it was definitely the World War One, World War Two sort of era. Whenever it got in, into more futuristic uh, settings, like like Black Ops Two, I think that's when it, it started to to make that slight push to to the futuristic setting. That's when I I fell out of the the, the court campaign love. So, mm. but in a weird way, um, I actually liked the the futuristic settings for multiplayer because I I don't know. It, Adding that, that, that boost mechanic, uh, adding things like war runs and knee slides and things like that. I, I don't know. I, I just got so into it and I prefer, um, the futuristic card for multiplayer, but, but the, the, the more, the, the, the golden age, the, the, the World War Ones and World War Two eras for, for single player somehow. But when it comes to, to, let's say, uh, playing with other people on, in like internet cafes and things like that here with my friends or, or with randoms and things like that. The setting for let's say a left for dead that was really really interesting you know yeah. four and four um it's point a to point b uh from where you start to to the safe room in that kind in that kind of pretty um the the current age kind of setting you know you get cities you get um swarms and things like that and, mm. and like circuses you know those kind of settings made it for me for left for dead so still waiting for left for dead three by the way I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, for me, um, history's always been one of my favourite subjects, either through school, even now, it's kind of just a personal interest, so uh, I think the World War II setting is um, up there, it's probably my favourite, with both aspects of PvP and um, campaign, Um, and that's why I like COD World at War was probably my favourite Call of Duty, probably joint with COD 4 to be fair, because COD 4 was just beautiful Um, and then that's why I'm looking forward to uh, Battlefield 1 so much Um, it feels more realistic and it feels like when you when you shoot someone with a gun from that era, it's like you can understand why you miss. Whereas if it's set in the future, it's like everything should just be a one shot kill. That's that's how I feel. <laughs> if you've gone in the future and guns aren't lethal, it's like what the hell's gone on? <laughs> um, but uh, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on from that a bit. Obviously, we're trying to get the recipe of a good of a good. Um, a first-person shooter game, but obviously this depends on the feel of a game and stuff like that. But what, for personal preference, and may, maybe from a game development point of view, Marco, what, what, what type of maps do you like? Do you like a game where you get involved constantly, like a Call of Duty, where you, where you're always in combat, or do you like a Battlefield where you can probably go a few minutes without actually in, interacting with anyone or having a fight with anyone? Should I say? Is this uh, a question specific to multiplayer, or is it also uh, for for a campaign? M- more so, more so PvP, really. More so PvP. Um, I it depends. It depends on the kind of. It probably even depends on the kind of crowd I'm in. Um, 
usually when I've when I've played in a in in a LAN or, or something to that effect, uh, we we've always enjoyed a close quarter deathmatch just because it's so damn funny. Mm. Because in, 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 invariably you 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 just it, it, it's sort of the very classic style, but you also uh, uh, invariably someone builds up a kill streak and then everyone likes to gang up on that guy. It's really really funny. Um, but uh, I, I I've got a personal preference for that that sort of capture the flag type multiplayer dynamic in 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 one of those larger more elaborate maps. Uh, I'm thinking the kind of maps like for example that you get in Far Cry 2. Mm. That uh, I've, I've played a couple of those where you know there's there's always a good position for someone with a sniper rifle. There's always a good uh, uh, sort of like a gauntlet area between between the two points. Um, someone who's who's a little sneaky can sort of you know go around the back and try and, and try and pick people off. Uh, I I like the variety. I guess is 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 what I'm trying to say. I I think mm. I think. Um, I'd sort of always always have a preference for for a bigger map that's just a little bit more interesting and a lot more, but particularly with verti- verticality as well. Uh, I yeah. don't, I'm not, I'm not sort of a big fan of you know, sort of it's a, it's a straight line type of you know one level. Uh, uh, being able to navigate underneath people or over people makes it far more interesting. Uh, and and also, sorry, one one more thing would be as well is is anything that's um, close quartered like. Uh, uh, multiplayer zombie mode, especially in COD. I loved zombie mode in COD. That was really fun. That was really fun. Played way too much of that. <laughs> I think everyone's played the zombies at some point. Um, but Le- Leroy, is there a personal preference of close quarters for you, or is, or do you like a strike strike a balance like Marco? I, I think if if listeners don't really know by now, then uh, it's definitely the more compact, the the, the mm. smaller map. Uh, I, I that is the bread and butter of Call of Duty. Uh, for COD, I think when whenever they try to to implement really really huge maps or, or I guess bigger than usual maps, you know, like like I think a good example is uh, Afghan from from Modern Warfare Two. It never really it never really stood out to me. I preferred the smaller maps. Maybe mm. not that small, like like a shipment or or a nuke town. I think those are a bit way too small, a bit too hectic. You know, spawn points become a bit too hectic. Nades become a bit more yeah. more effective than they are. Something a bit more balanced. You know, um, maybe like a crash. Crash is a is a really, really, really uh, a fan favorite map because it's really balanced. And and like Marco said, it has a bit of uh, verticality, so it's not just a linear one uh one floor sort of map. And and uh, I guess maybe that that is why I I, I decide something like Battlefield uh, multiplayer because it's. It's sort of like a tracking simulator, uh, simulator sometimes, you know, you spawn in with your squad and you run for a good, for a good, like, a good <laughs> solid minute or two, and then you see someone and then you die, and then you wait to spawn back, and then you do that one or two minute track again. I think what I prefer is, it's a, it's a small to medium sized map, and I think, you know, uh, Call of Duty is sort of famous for that three lane sort of map, so just imagine the, uh, capital letter H, and then you draw, a uh, you you sort of draw a, a a vertical line in between it, and that is the three lane map that that card is really really um, I I guess they are they're really famous for it because you have two flanking lanes on the left and right. You can go through the center if you want, and there is a a pathway to go from left to right, right through the middle if you want to. I I think that is sort of the that that is sort of the map that, that I prefer a, a small to medium sort of map with some verticality, you know, you don't want something like, like a five-story building and for someone to get to you, they have to go through five layers of, <laughs> of, 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 of people. I think that's going to be crazy. But but there is something to be said about smaller maps when you're playing with friends for fun. 
So like I remember playing shipment with with a few of my fr- with uh, with my friends in a in a twelve man lobby playing free for all uh, free for all instead of you know uh, a sort of a, a bigger map where twelve people would would probably be um more fitted to. But shipment being so small being so small of a map in 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 court four. And then having 12 people on it in a free-for-all where everyone's trying to kill everyone else, that got hectic, <laughs> but it got really, really fun between, uh, <laughs> like, you know, 12, 12 good friends, you know, that, that is really, really fun as well. Yeah, I, I think, I, I think I'm more leaning on your, on your side, Leroy. I think I've, I've not really had fun with the Battlefield franchise for a mm-hmm. while. Maybe Bad Company was a bit more fun, but I think, I think your point of that you can run for about two minutes, then get killed, and then you have to restart the run. And <laughs> as people fly past you when there's a passenger seat next to you, it's like, yeah. could have just picked mm-hmm. me up, you dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you also play Halo, and 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 I guess Halo multiplayer has a lot of smaller maps as well. And mm. I think maybe that's why. And and I guess Halo and and COD, I think that's one thing they have, they sort of have in common. You know, they have. The, the the three lane maps as well and, and they're pretty small to medium size so yeah. I, I think I think that is why you, you, you are leaning towards uh my opinion as well. Yeah. Well, the the funny thing is Halo with the recent Halo five, they moved away from the small map. They uh brought mm. in a new game mode that they sold as the next big thing and then they went to giant maps and I bloody hated it. <laughs> um it was crap <laughs> for me. Um but yeah, it, it it's it's I like the compactness, um, always being involved, which can lead to getting spawn killed and stuff like that. But yeah, I can always get back and get back in the game. I think that's what I prefer about a, a COD system to a Battlefield system, really. Um, but an, another another thing that's more so a thing with Battlefield and other games. Uh, this is probably strictly for PvP more so than the campaigns. But the use of vehicles, um. Leroy, I'll, I'll stick with you on is, is vehicles in uh, PvP shooters, is this one of the hardest things to balance properly? I think yes. I think this is a really, really um, difficult thing for, for developers to, to implement because it has to be... It's very um, map size and, and terrain dependent because if your map size is really small, like imagine Newtown with tanks. That would definitely not work. The tank is gonna take a half of the map already. So yeah. if if you need something like a battlefield, you need like sort of a an a, an FPS mixed with an a sort of like an open world element to it. You know, battlefield you can do so much with it because um the maps are just humongous. You know, the, you you can put four tanks on there and, and you can barely notice them. Uh, you you need that that open world sort of feel to it as well. So so I don't think it lends itself to to something like a Halo or or CS or or, or let's say a, a a Call of Duty. You know, but but also it, it depends on the terrain. You you need the open terrain so that things like grips, things like tanks and things like that can can sort of go through these terrains. Imagine imagine a tank in in say a a a, a city setting. You can't really do anything with that. Buildings will be blocking you, and you unless you have destructible environments. But even then, it's it's another headache for you to 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 I guess worry about. So even if you take the biggest uh, Call of Duty map, uh, say for example uh, uh, a Stormfront from 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 Call of Duty goes, uh, vehicles wouldn't work for that size either. And because there's so many layers and so many small stairwells you have to go through, vehicles is just not a viable option. So I I think Battlefield is. Uh, you know, even though I, I've talked, I've uh, talked a bit bad about Battlefield so far, I think one thing they've done well is is implementing vehicles. And I mean, you you can see the the helicopter montages on on 
on YouTube. I think that that is just a testament to to how good they've been in in balancing out how good and and how fun vehicles can be in an FPS. Yeah, it's it's obviously a weird one because Call of Duty. I, I'm not sure with the newest versions, but they obviously experimented with it with uh, COD World at War. And there were kind of, nobody really was asked about tanks, in my opinion. Was that was that a similar experience for you, especially more so COD 5? I don't know about the new ones. Yeah, I, 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 because um, I haven't gotten the new DLC yet, but, appar- but apparently they, they've remade the that one map in, in Call of Duty World at War that had... Uh, the tanks as well, but by now they made it so that it's more futuristic and it's more like mm. like 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 a a, a drivable map, uh, also to say. But but that map was was a, it's a really big one, so so it's a big map. It's one of the rare big maps in in Call of Duty that can actually implement these vehicles into it. So, but other than that, um, the only real vehicle that you see in uh Call of Duty is that small assault drone from from Black Ops 2 or or now it's called the Cerberus in 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 Black Ops 3 and that is basically it's, it's more or less the size of 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 a normal player character and that doesn't take up much of the map but other than that you don't really see tanks, jeeps, planes or helicopters in it and I don't think you'll see it anytime soon as well. Yeah, I think the way they use kill streaks is that you can obviously get in a vehicle for a short amount of time. Um, I think that's the perfect way of doing it for a small map, uh, a small map model like COD uses. Um, but Ma- Marco, I won't ask you the same question because obviously you've talked about Bioshock a lot. But um, where, where in the market, how how do you compare a story-driven um, first-person shooter like Bioshock to a Call of Duty? Is 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 it kind of just overshadowed by these giant franchises? Do, do games like Bioshock get the um, praise they deserve? I think it depends a lot on 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 sort of the forces that are happening in in in, in the gaming industry at the time. Uh, I do think that slowly but surely, uh, a lot of narrative-driven games are starting to be a lot more. Uh, uh, recognized of late and I just think it's because of the way the world is working around the idea around the growth of content and the growth of heavily or more narrative driven experiences I mean it's 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 not a first person shooter per se it's probably more like a walking simulator but if you think of something like um, uh, oh crikey the name just left me now the guys that did camp- from Campo Santo um, Fire Oh it's, God! Oh cracky! I'll, it'll come to me. But anyway, I mean, like that game um, is 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 obviously a a is is first person perspective, but but it's heavily based on on uh, uh, on a narrative. And you you the 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 key thing there is the fact that it, it, it's becoming a lot more mainstream around around the idea of, of sort of telling a story and and the fact that it's a first person perspective is just a it's just a coincidence that that makes sense. Mm. Um, I think I think with respect to something like Bioshock, Bioshock is always going to have a, a, a market because you're always going to have people who Firewatch is the game by the way. Um, but Bioshock is always always going to have a market because of the fact that you're always going to get people like me who who just want that narrative, want a story, an alternative take on culture. Um, I think w- with PvP you're getting something a little bit different because often it's very it's it's it's, it's fun and social in a very different way. Um, in 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 a strong single player campaign or 
something that's a, that's a bit alternative you're looking for 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 focus on on immersion and, and narrative and story and and typically a lot of the games i play sort of focus on that because that's the kind of thing i like to get from games uh other people just want to drop in and and shoot loads of stuff um and that's that's cool uh it, it, it really depends on 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 what you like in it. I think it just depends on what, uh, you know, that, that, that culture wants in particular. I think what's interesting though, and we might, we might cover it just now is I, I get the impression that, that the likes of COD, the likes of Battlefield are, are, are being pressured to think of, you know, new elements to bring into their games. Yeah. And it's like even the stuff that's happening in Battlefield One looks really interesting narratively. So does what what's happening with Titanfall Two. So I I, I personally think it's a trend in the market. You're going to see see more of it, but but uh, it remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah, just to, just to expand on this, obviously we've seen we've seen games that haven't um, stuck to the classic recipe of having a campaign alongside multiplayer. We've seen Rainbow Six Siege um, do quite well without a campaign and the first Titanfall, I don't know if that was either due to lack of funding because it it wasn't the the biggest funded game. Uh, They they did quite well without a campaign. I'll I'll let you continue with it, Marco, but do do you think a campaign is necessary for more more so games like Call of Duty Battlefield? Do you think it's a necessary thing or or do you think it'll still sell well and still people just go on to enjoy the multiplayer? I think I think it depends on purpose and function, but I think you're always going to have games that uh, don't need a campaign. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront, uh, just to sort of borrow from that concept, that's always made more sense as a multiplayer experience, and and a campaign's always going to feel more secondary. And so it's no surprise that they they took the really good Battlefield engine and and just basically you know laced it into the into the Star Wars experience. I think COD's in in an unusual place because. I, I personally, my observation is that it's starting to feel like it's struggling with, with its its purpose and how to be different every year. Hmm. Um, I think in in a strange way, it's trying to be the FPS equivalent of FIFA, I suppose. Hmm. But it it it, it kind of needs to reinvent itself unless it finds its common thread. Whereas I think what what Battlefield has done, actually, whether it's been deliberate or by accident, is they've basically said, look, um, that they've got this engine. And they want to throw in, throw it into different sort of, uh, uh, immersive, uh, PVP experiences. If they, if they, they can attach a campaign to it, but I think the, the idea of a, for example, with Battlefield 1 of a World War 1 PVP setting is interesting enough to, to get people excited. Uh, adding a campaign is a bonus for me. Um, so I th- again, it depends on the purpose and the function of of what uh, you know the particular game you're talking about is trying to do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And just to go back to uh, Star Wars, um, which, which I enjoyed, but I think it was still lacking in quite a lot of areas. But for me, um, I I only put this in because a, couple, a few games have done well without a campaign. But I, I always I always love campaigns, and Star Wars was one that I feel would benefit from a campaign. I it's it's. The Star Wars cinematic universe is is probably the most popular one ever, <laughs> and to not to not take advantage of that is kind of baffling decision from a year. I know they've got a lot more games to come from that universe, but it could have been simple enough. Um, but it's it, it's it's a weird one. But Leroy, you you seem like you're more about PvP. You talked about how you pop on now and again to play Call of Duty mainly. Do, do are you that are you that asked about campaigns nowadays? 
<laughs> well, uh, truth be told, I've not played a, an FPS campaign since Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 3. Um, I played a bit of Black Ops 2, but, but after that, I've never touched the campaign. Uh, I think FPSs, um, unless you are really, really good in, uh, in, in making storylines and, and, and building characters and things like that, I think there are games which has, uh, which have, I guess, succeeded without, uh, without relying on the campaign. So COD is definitely one. Halo is definitely another. Um, you can look at something like Overwatch, you know, they, they ship the game without mm. a campaign at all. And, and, and it's now, I, I think one of the top five, uh, gr- most highest growing esports in the world now. It actually so, slipped my mind Overwatch and that is a fantastic yeah, so game. Overwatch is, is something that, uh, it, it's a, it's a really, really it's one example, but I think it's a really, really good example of, of a game that doesn't need a campaign to, to, to succeed. But I guess for things like, like Call of Duty to try and to, uh, in, in an effort to, to stay relevant, they still need a campaign because, um, you, um, I, I guess back then in, in Call of Duty Ghost, how, how they got, um, popular is that they had Snoop Dogg, uh, you can actually, have, there's a DLC where you can download and, and, and Snoop Dogg, the rapper, he would actually be the one announcing things during multiplayer. Um, <laughs> In, in advance, in quite advanced warfare, uh, they had wow. Kevin Spacey leading, leading, uh, the, the campaign. And, and now coming up in, in infinite warfare, you have, uh, Conor McGregor. I'm sure everyone knows Conor McGregor, the MMA fighter. He's, he's gonna be starring, uh, I, I guess starring in, in the campaign, I believe. So they need this, uh, sort of single player campaigns to, to, to try and get celebrities on their side. So, I can definitely see a reason why some games still have like have a a single player campaign to go alongside PvP, but um, do you do that necessarily need it and and do you need to rely on it? I don't think so. I think Overwatch uh is a great example to show that you don't need a, a campaign to to fully succeed. But there are games which which rely solely on their campaign. So like a Bioshock, for example, yeah. like like a like a Borderlands. Those are built around a single player campaigns. And but there are things. That I guess there are games which are a bit more um, versatile. So like Left 4 Dead, you can play it as a single player, you can play it as a PvP, you can play it with just friends against AI. I think that is a if if you are if as a developer if you're not sure which uh, angle you want to go to, you could go with the the Left 4 Dead route and you know make it so that the player actually gets to decide. Oh, if I want to play it as a as a single player, I can I can do so. If I want to play with my friends against AI, I can do so. Against other friends, you can do it as well. I th- I think there's so much uh, success in in so many different kind of games that I don't think there's a there's a, a hard and fast answer as to whether games need a campaign anymore. Yeah, I think I think it's just I think it's just whatever game it is, it's whatever suits the market, or suits the setting really. Um, but a, a franchise like Call of Duty has the star power to attract celebrities into their uh, into their universe. Now I think we've seen with Cara Delevingne, she was obviously in the adverts. Eminem's obviously done the music in the past. McGregor, Snoop Dogg, as you said. Yeah, and I guess if I can, if I can add a, a bit more in, in, into it, I, I guess how dependent on, on needing a campaign for, if, if you are especially trying to get into the PvP market is, you, it depends on, on, on whether your, your, your PvP game, whether it, it follows the concept of easy to learn, difficult to master. Mm. I guess for Battlefield, why I, I don't play much of it is because there's so many things to learn all at the same time. And, and I guess it's difficult to learn because you, know, you have to, you are learning all of these small, small things like, like how, how to, um, uh, sort of, uh, heal yourself, how to heal teammates, what guns are good, uh, which, which kind of choke points do you want to go to? You're learning so many things at the same time because the maps are so huge there. 
you have to play a, a good few weeks of it to get used to to say four to five maps. But for something like Call of Duty, they excel because um, you know, you just pick what gun you want. The the mechanics are are, are more or less there. Once once you get used to the, to the joystick and and how and how to um move your feet with one of the joystick and and and, and turning with the other. Once you get that down, then then other than that, it's pretty much left trigger to aim, right trigger to shoot. That's basically it. Um, for something like CS, why people why people play it so much is because it's so simple on 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 the uh, true mouse and keyboard. You know, WASD to move to to move your feet and then your mouse to aim and then left click to to shoot. For Halo, it's it's pretty simple as well. The, the only thing that's slightly more difficult in in something like Halo is knowing the power weapons and 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 their timings, knowing jump spots. Uh, for Call of Duty, what what makes it difficult to master is is knowing the recall patterns for different guns, knowing how certain guns work. So like for snipers, there are single shot, there are three round burst uh, sort of rifles, there are um uh boat action rifles and things like that. You have to know spawns, you know you know traffic patterns. For for CS, it's also uh knowing the recall patterns. You need to know the economy of it. You know you you can't always buy the AK-47 once you can get to it. Sometimes you have to save it for for future rounds. You need to know different pushers, you need to know nade spots and things like that. So I think COD, Halo and, and uh CS why why I may like it more is because there is it follows the concept of easy to learn, difficult to master. And if that is your um I, I guess that if that is what 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 makes your PvP then maybe you might not need a campaign too much. But for others, say like a battlefield, maybe a campaign might be more useful, you know, to, to get used to the game before you get into multiplayer. Yeah, it's all it's all great points, uh, Leroy, and I, I I have to agree with you. But I'm going to be a bit of a dick, and I'm going to change the agenda a smidge before we go into the ad break. Um, what is your favourite first-person shooter? Just personal preference, uh, Marco. We'll come with you. <laughs> it's I think it's pretty obvious by this point. It's uh it's Bioshock, um, and and the main reason, apart from obviously all the all the sort of functional stuff I spoke about, um. The immersion in the atmosphere and and uh, the, the the way the mechanics work around uh, you know you've got the plasmas in one hand you've got the your your standard weapons in the other there's the hacking in the environments um, it's it's there's this element of survival horror some of the firefights are really tense sneaking around is really tense but uh, prob- prob- probably uh, the, the biggest reasons there's two things the first is even though your character's silent. Somehow you develop a personality because of the huge plot twist the game has. And then the other reason is the plot twist. It is one of the most memorable and emotionally engaging plot twists I've ever experienced in my life and um, easily worth worth the slog. Uh, the only disappointment, I suppose, with the game is that the ending doesn't in any way match up with what, what happens halfway. Uh, it's, it's, it's not so the ending isn't meaningful. It is. It's just... The, the 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 middle piece of the game is so good that uh, it, it's it's a little bit hard hard to follow. But yeah, Bioshock. I've I think I've replayed it four times. Um, and considering it's what like uh, a decade old now, uh, that, like that, that, yeah. yeah, that that should give you an idea of uh, of the love I have for the game. And Leroy, what what what's your favorite FPS game? To be fair, Marco, I I mean Bioshock is one of the best uh, single player FPSs out there, and, and I guess of all times, so I I guess of all times, pretty fair. So I think that that is definitely a fair fair choice from you. Uh, for me, 
I think if you already know by now, it's, it's definitely Call of Duty, <laughs> you know? I, it's, it's my bread and butter since, like, like COD 4. I've been playing it for, for a good six to seven years now. It's definitely COD 4. Uh, I, I mean, Call of Duty in, in general. But if you want me to pick one, yeah, maybe for nostalgic reasons, probably Modern Warfare 2. That's when I, I, I guess that's when I really, really got into, into playing Call of Duty. But, you know, because at the time it was filled with uh one and well, one man army then the close noob tubes people so that's pretty uh pretty uh frustrating but i guess in terms of most most fun is definitely uh, modern warfare 2 but most balance is definitely cod 4 for me yeah i think i think cod 6 is kind of underrated in terms of the call of duty franchise just simply because you got a nuke and you could blow people up and win the game on your own <laughs> it was simply fantastic um, but yeah, Call of Duty 4 was special to me, so was COD 5, but for me, in, in terms of the whole package of a story and PvP, I think I'll have to go with Halo 3. I mean, the story was fantastic, I know you brought, you both haven't played it, but if you ever, if you ever get on Xbox somehow, just, just get, just get Halo 3. It's all, it's the only one you need. Um, and then PvP, Halo's always had a, it's always had its system, uh, maybe less so with the new games, but, um, it's just the the PvP's always been fantastic. It's just simple headshot headshots win everything. That that's just, I think that's just been the fun thing for me really. Um, but we're just going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back to preview some of the new releases that are coming out. Back in a mo. You're listening to the Anfield Index podcast channel. And you're back with the One Up podcast. Um, so we're going to move on to preview and stuff. Obviously, the big franchise um, that is remastering and bringing out a new game. Um, we'll go to COD expert Leroy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leroy, right. So, simple question. Are you looking forward to the COD 4 remaster more or Infinite Warfare more? That is a very, very, very difficult question. Um <laughs> Because I, I've definitely not uh, tried out Infinite Warfare yet, I can't tell whether it's gonna be good or not. But from the looks of it, and from from you know uh, YouTubers and what they're what they're talking about it, it sounds like uh, 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 I guess Infinity Ward's take on on Black Ops Three. And and if that's the case, and especially if weapons are balanced out, then uh, I might be slightly more inclined to 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 play inf- uh, to to I guess look forward to Infinite Warfare more. But the nostalgic reasons that, for, for COD 4. That's that, that Leroy. You, you, can't, you can't fight the nostalgic reasons for, for COD 4 Remastered as well. But what I'm worried about is that um, it might not feel the same in terms of, you know, um, the same... Because for sure, fonts have changed. Uh, I, I know a few gun sounds have, have changed. Uh, a few gun, uh, I, I guess, uh, cosmetics and things like that have changed. But, but if it still plays and feels the same, then I think... Uh, one month down the line, maybe maybe COD 4 Remastered might be the one that I play more <laughs> throughout the, the year. But it's really hard to say. I mean, I like Black Ops 3 uh, to, to, to varying extents, uh, depending on, on, on how patient I am on that day. But yeah, it depends on, on, on how the game feels once it comes out. It's really, really difficult to tell. But I guess for now, I think Infinite Warfare might edge it slightly, just, just a little bit, but not for nostalgic reasons. I, I guess the right answer is COD 4. I think that's the correct answer that, that people want to hear. Yes, yes we do. I would have edited it anyway, Leroy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but Marco, obviously you've, you've, you've said you're more of a story-driven first-person um, kind of guy. 
Out of yeah. those two, are you looking forward to either of them, really? Or are you just something that you might get if it's ever cheap? <laughs> Um, uh, th- th- that's probably the best way to, to to describe the answer. Look, I mean, uh, I pay attention. I'm uh, I, obviously uh, I'm aware of the COD series, and and uh, I, I I'm the kind of person who at least sort of sort of tries something once. That's why, for example, I tried Black Ops. It was it was great fun, but it wasn't necessarily sort of the kind of thing that that stuck with me because I just like uh, an FPS is a lot more slower paced. Um, funnily enough, I don't think the remaster is necessarily a big issue just because of the fact that, you know, it, it, it's become the flavor of the month because of uh, uh, where the technology is going. Um, I think a lot of this is around 4K. I think a lot of this is around taking advantage of uh, how how technology is going to start uh, in, enhancing things visually. Uh, Bioshock is releasing a, a remastered se- a version. Uh, I think they're going to remaster. Um, oh, it's escaped me now. There's another really important series. It'll Skyrim. come back. But there we go. That's it. So I mean, you know, it's 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 it, it's become the trend, and I think as as it carries on, um, you you're sort of going to see more of these. Batman's also going to get a remaster as well. I just thought of that one also. I think I think the key thing for me is. Not so much what happens to this COD, because obviously Infinite Warfare is going into space and, and all those good things. It's what happens with the next one, because um, a lot of the other sort of uh, uh, gaming media that I, that I read, they're not sure where where COD, where COD goes after this. Uh, do they? Uh, my understanding is Infinity Ward ha- have an idea of almost trying to spin off a subseries from from Infinite Warfare, which is fine, I suppose, if if, if people like it. Uh, I guess I don't know. I'd, I'd probably pay attention to what Leroy thinks once he gets it, and and see if he thinks it's got some some legs, or if uh, he too wants uh, wants to see some some reinvention. Yeah, it, it's certainly it's a hard it's a hard one to preview. I mean, it, there's obviously been limited access to both, and I think I don't even think the bait is out yet. Um, but fortunately for me, I went to a Eurogamer down in Birmingham. Um, at the weekend, so I got I got to get hands on with uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare and Call of Duty Four Remaster. Uh, I'll, I'll go COD Four first. Um, it it felt the exact same. Um, that's probably positive news for you, Leroy. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, it, it, they've kind of modernised stuff. Like they've added more notifications, like um, when you've got like a UAV assist and stuff like that, they've, they've added more information to that. But in terms of keeping it, um, I think Call of Duty 4 was probably the best of the series, or one of the best of the series, because mm-hmm. it was so simple, it was so grounded, there wasn't this next dimension of wall running and all that crap. Um, I say that, but Titanfall's awesome, and I, that's, that's made off that, but Call of Duty 4, it, it felt the, it felt like it did back on, it, on the, last gen which is great i mean i basically spent all of the game on uh oh, i can't remember what map it was i can't remember the map but all i did was spend i just used a g36c just um just running running around it just it just felt like i was still in year eight playing call of duty 4 or year nine i can't remember how old it was um and that came out but it, it felt the exact same but with infinite war um, for me, the criticism of uh, Call of Duty 
in recent times is that they've tried to they've tried to change from the original formula too much. Like I think it was it was fine changing it to a certain degree. I think we saw with the like the early Black Ops that they kind of changed from the Call of Duty Four, but I think they just took it a step too far with like Advanced Warfare and, and Black Ops Three and stuff like that. Infinite Warfare kind of felt well. Firstly, I played on an updated version of Terminal, which is always great. It wasn't my favorite map, but if they're taking influences from Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, I think that's great. But it it, it felt much more simple in terms of playing the game and it felt like you it was just more about shooting rather than what your character can do and all that crap um so i, I think the i think infinite warfare might be a step back in the right direction for call of duty i mean they're obviously not struggling for sales i mean call of duty's as marco said earlier it's the fifa of first person shooters there's going to be one every year and i think one of the developers actually said that today there's always going to be call of duty games it's a, it's a never-ending beast. Nothing, nothing's ever going to kill COD, regardless of people's feelings on it. But if Infinite Warfare is a step back in the right direction, I think, I think it'll bring back some of the old gamers who probably grew on from it, and I'd probably class myself in that as well. Uh, but we'll we'll move on from the uh, COD franchise to more to more preview of stuff. Um, the other big first-person shooters that are coming out. Um, this in this holiday season is well the Bioshock collection's already out um so I won't get you to reminisce anymore Mark I think because you'll probably try and stay up and go play it <laughs> um but uh, obviously the big the two big ones coming out are Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 um, so so Marco um Titanfall's obviously it was it was an Xbox exclusive last year but is there anything that you you does this catch your eye in anything that you've seen Fair enough, it does, because uh, what's interesting is, is obviously the fact that they're introducing a campaign, and um, the the campaign centers around the this idea of building up this uh, uh, this relationship with this m- massive hulking uh, uh, beast of a, of a robot, um, which you acquire through um, slightly unfortunate circumstances. I won't say any more because that's a spoiler, otherwise, and. Uh, I just find it interesting, so, sort of the premise, because uh, your your the character you play certainly has the ambitions to be part of that elite group of of uh, of uh, sort of troops, I guess, who, who who get to run around with the with the titans. Um, I, that that sounded interesting to me. It's it's a little bit sort of like a, a mature version of Big Hero, if you've watched that movie. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll cry. I'll cry. I'll cry, Marco. I, 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 well, if, 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 if the relationship, if, if I, if I expect the narrative to go the way I think it could, it, you, you probably might. Um, and then of course, I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of looked at some of the gameplay trailers. There's such good, uh, PvP mechanics. Mm. Um, and, and obviously the, the, the core of the game comes from, comes from, comes from PvP. So I would expect Titanfall would be a, a fantastic mech based, uh, uh, you know, multiplayer style shooter, which is just going to be ridiculously, Frenetic and layered and, and, and detailed with, with a lot of, uh, uh, tactical variety based on, on some of the new stuff they're doing. Yeah. Just, just speaking of my limited experience with it off the uh, beta and playing the first one, it, it kind of, it kind of brought the future genre of first person shooters. It just kind of perfected that. To, for me, anyway, um, it kind of made everything smooth, and the introduction of Titans, it was kind—it's kind of well, we talked about vehicles earlier on, but it kind—they kind of 
if you count them as a classic vehicle, it's kind of the perfect balance of getting something in there. I mean, they are massive killing machines, but you always feel like you can avoid getting killed. Um, and you can fight back in some way. And uh, the one thing I noticed from the, the actual Titanfall 2 beta is that they've kind of even balanced that even better. That you can avoid um, and fight perfectly fine with Titans whilst you're on foot. And that, that probably mean, means it's more... Uh, it probably a better fit for a more general audience. That you can fight in whatever circumstances you're in. But Leroy, Le- obviously... Does does Titanfall two does it catch your eye at all? So um, considering my I guess my 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 background here uh, because I play Call of Duty a lot the mantra is that I'm supposed to hit on Battlefield one and because I'm on the PS4 I'm supposed <laughs> to hit on Titanfall right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're the token PlayStation guy. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm I'm in a pretty bad spot, but uh, I guess for me. Uh, Battlefield has never really caught my eye too much, so I, I don't think I'll be getting on that, but Titanfall 2 seems really, really interesting. I never played Titanfall 1, of course, but from what I know from people who played it a lot, uh, it seemed to be a bit of a flop. I mean, given the, the massive hype that it had, I think Titanfall actually, um, because of how much, uh, uh, I, I guess how much it was, how much hype it was, it was getting, I think that is sort of what pushed, um, Activision to, to, to sort of tell the, the, the three, Developers, you know, a tree up, sledgehammer, and uh, infin- uh, infinity ward, you know, try to to make your next uh, Call of Duty games and uh, make them more futuristic. I think Titanfall was was what actually spurred them to do that, and and that's why we see the advanced warfare and things like that. But because um they took away the they they made it so that you can actually play pilot versus pilot on on Titanfall two, I believe. I think mm, that yeah, yeah. is something that 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 would actually interest me. Uh, what happened in in Titan Four One from what I I see and from what I heard is that Titans, while while the concept is really interesting, sometimes it actually slowed down gameplay a bit. It made things a bit more hectic. And then of course I believe there were AI pilots as well, so that made mm. things a bit a bit a bit a bit weird. You know, you're playing PvP, but you're not playing PvP. You're playing Pilot on Titan, but sometimes you're Titan on Titan, Titan on Pilot. You know, it, it it's just a weird mix. But but now I think a lot of people who who like Titan Four One, uh, they they might really really love Titan Four Two because there is that Pilot versus Pilot aspect to it. So so you don't really need to play the game with Titans, and I think that is what might actually interest me. Even though that that goes against what the what the game supposed to be. You know, Titan Four yeah. is supposed to be about the max. But I think I think having Having the option to play pilot on pilot only, I think that is what good. What that I think that's gonna make it a uh, more of a success from from the last one. But but I guess since I'm on PS4, I I I, I hope uh I hope that the 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 porting over to the PS4 will be as 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 good as I hope it will be. Yeah, I I'd recommend getting it, Leroy. If uh, if Call of Duty flops a smidge, I, I think Titanfall. <laughs> I think Titanfall. It's a it's a good alternative. It's certainly a fun one if you get if you get mates with it. I mean, I, I spent well, <laughs> it probably it was probably one of the ones for one of the reasons why my uni work suffered a tad in the second year. <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on to Battlefield One, uh, Marco is it, obviously you talk we've talked about the story driven uh, narrative of this as well. Is this a game? Is this a game that you think will deliver in both PvP and driv- and story? Uh, I think it it it, it can only deliver in PvP. Well, it, it obviously will deliver in PvP because uh, uh, Battlefield just it's what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's what they do. Uh, I I 
the thing that intrigues me is is the fact that it's obviously a very different premise, and then you haven't seen too many World War One games, and uh, they've even sort of apparently done a lot of work with the with the engine around melee weapons to to make sure that uh, you know they 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 treat the war with the with the relevant realism and uh, that that it deserves. Um, from a campaign level, uh, interesting because you've apparently got five playable characters, hence five different perspectives on the war. So that that's intriguing, I suppose. Um, I, I, it's probably the kind of uh, game that that from my side, I'd, I'd I'd sort of pay half an eye to see see what happens, and 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 depending on 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 the critical response, uh, delve into it. One of the funny thing is is that you know you you look at something like um, Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> it's it's I mean. That thing prints money, so it's, it's, it's a little difficult for Call of Duty not to be not to be successful. But I, I always get the sense that, that that where Call of Duty can get a bad critical response and still be successful, Battlefield kind of needs. I don't know. I might be wrong, but 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 it, it, I've always had the perception that with Battlefield, it, it needs a bit more of a critical. Um, Claim before it can can sort of command the same the same success. Does that does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's probably spot on because if you see, if you look at um, the two previous Battlefields, uh, Battlefields Hard Hardline was a huge flop, but it wasn't really billed as a big as a big game. Whereas Battlefield Four is kind of it, it's cult it's cult status. I mean, people are still playing it now. Um, when when the Battlefield One beta was out, I actually went back on Four, and it was still it wasn't as popular as, as its prime period, but it was still hugely popular. Uh, it's got it's had some goddamn staying power for a, a game that's I, I don't know how old it is now. It must be must be four between four and six years, I reckon. It's still quite popular. So Battlefield Four certainly certainly uh, survived an age, which kind of is a testament to its quality. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's it's it's. Uh, I guess the big question is: it's, is Battlefield One gonna gonna establish the same kind of kind of premise or or, or hook in, in into into a following? And 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 if it can build up that audience, then then obviously you you it it will be treated with, with that critical acclaim and and that success. But um, I, the, 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 the thing that sort of makes me quite uh, intrigued by this is the fact that they're obviously being quite brave with, with, uh, with the fact that they're going with the World War One theme, mm. uh, because that that isn't something someone has tried before, and uh, and it's certainly not something that you'd think would usually work really well with first-person shooters, just because of the the kind of weapons I guess that they were around at the time. Yeah, the whole trench warfare thing didn't really grab me when I first heard it was going back to World War One. I. I thought I don't really want to play a game for many hours just sitting in a trench waiting for people to move, but they, it looks like they've kind of not possibly over dramatized what World War One was, um, which is probably needed for a game. So it'd be interesting to see what um, narrative the story actually brings because. I don't, I don't think it's obviously hard to get a, rep- a representation of World War One right down to a T, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to Battlefield One. It, it really grabbed my attention, um, and that'll probably be my big release, big 
one of my um, most popular games in the coming uh, month or so. But um, we'll move on to the uh, news segments. I'm just going to read out what games are coming out in the month of October. So there is uh, Gears of War 4 coming out. Um, this is just off the game website, by the way. Um, so if it's missing anything, blame them. So Gears of War 4 is coming out on the 4th of October. Mafia 3, the 7th. Um... Oh, okay. Gears of War is actually coming out on the 11th. It's a Gears of War controller coming out on the 4th. Now I look like an arsehole. Um, uh, Tomb Raider is moving <laughs> across to PlayStation um, on the 11th. Um, WWE 2K17 is out on the 11th also. Then VR is out for PlayStation on the 13th, as is Batman Arkham VR, which I'm kind of a bit jealous about. Uh, on the 14th, there is Dragon Quest Builders. Now that's what I call Sing 2, which I... I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> then the Skylanders Imagination on the 14th. And then the 21st, there is Battlefield 1. Civilization 6, which I will probably be looking forward to um, at some point. And then there is something called Rhythm Paradise Mega Mix, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, on the 25th, there is Farming Simulator 17. So whack that in your diaries, boys. Um... On the 28th, there is Skyrim Remaster, the Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and World of Final Fantasy. So it's, it's a busy month of, set, uh, of October. Um, it's getting into the holiday period where all the games are coming out for the Christmas releases. Um, so, Marco, is there any, any, anything that's really catching your eye in the coming month? Anything you're looking forward to? In that list, no. Um, I... I, I to, to be to be fair, there's only it's a very short list that I'm looking forward to for the remainder of the year. Mm. Uh, the, the main, the, actually, the main thing I'm look, really looking forward to is the Steam end of year sale because <laughs> there's usually some damn good bargains that come out, and then you can you know sort of buy things on the cheap. The, the only games I'm actually looking forward to, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the new Walking Dead Telltale. Um, uh, series starts in in either late October, early November. I'm pretty sure it's early November though. Dishonored uh, two comes out in the year, and then in 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 typical Bioshock style fashion, uh, there's a there's an interesting game called We Happy Few. If oh uh, god, if yeah, know. I've seen it. Oh wow, that's that looks- free. Oh, that looks that looks, so looks, that cool. looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 and and this is the this is the crazy thing about my taste. I that's the kind of thing. Like I saw it, like yes, I want it. So <laughs> I'm waiting that's, for that, that one. That's to be right now, Ali. Because since you mentioned the post, uh, the you know the the apocalyptic kind of setting, that is right now, Ali. Good shout, that. Yeah, it 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 looks very very cool. I have to say. Uh, I think I think that might be one I have to get if it, it's Xbox indie game. I think. Uh, so it'll be on computer as well, but it, lo- it looks rather terrifying. But Leroy, anything you're looking forward to in the month, or just in general, really? I, I think um, the, the sad thing for us here is that uh, because of the exchange rates, uh, games on the PS4 is like about 10% of your monthly pay. So it's, it's not really, I don't buy a game every month because that that is going to be really, really hefty on my wallet. Um, <laughs> that, sounds that sounds very familiar. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I guess apart from from maybe Titanfall 2, which is coming out, uh, which I'm still thinking about, because it's so near to 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 the newest Call of Duty coming out next uh, in, in the following month, I think I might hold out for for Titanfall for a little bit. But the big one I'm actually waiting for 
that I've been waiting for for like three years now is actually Kingdom Hearts 3. I got yes. continued getting the PS4 because of Kingdom Hearts 3 and I've been waiting for three years. So uh, no rush, Square Enix, if you're listening <laughs> to this. I'm still waiting for it. Yeah. Let them get Final Fantasy out and then we can talk about Kingdom Hearts. It's because Final Fantasy looks <laughs> they fantastic. They that and then after that they're going to work on Final Fantasy uh, 15.5 <laughs> and then they go to 16 <laughs> and then boom, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 gets delayed oh. to 2030. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Uh, but yeah, uh, for me, I'll be getting, oh god, probably three games out of this list. But with Xbox, it's fortunate enough I game share with someone. So... Um, Gears 4 I'm looking forward to <laughs> uh, Battlefield 1 looking forward to even Civilization I'll probably get it maybe late probably later when it's cheaper Titanfall 2 and Skyrim they're, they're my headlines out of that uh, and then I, I played Final Fantasy at Eurogamer as well that surprised me how uh, I really played it when it was still turn based stuff so I think Final Fantasy will be a, a good surprise um, but that's all I've got time for Um any plugs, guys? Uh, football or anything? Uh, Marco, we'll go you first. There's the uh, the, the recent AR pod, um, although that, that's nearly a week old. And uh, but anyway, still a really great discussion with yourself, guy, of course, and you. and uh, <laughs> Please give that a listen. And uh, coming up very soon is a, a podcast with me, Joe Simpson, and uh, Rory Greenfield discussing Inception. So keep an eye out for that. Should be good. And uh, Leroy, plugs. Uh, yeah, definitely just check out the uh, Apple Index uh, Talking Tactics podcast. Uh, I host that almost weekly now. I didn't intend for it to be a weekly podcast, but apparently it is. Uh, we reviewed every week's uh, Liverpool games in a more tactical uh, point of view, so go and check that out. And I think I'll be having a, an AI committee special for um, for somewhere around the end of the end of the month. Uh, so do check those out. And then definitely check out the Apple Index app. I think that is the default uh, plug that, 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 that I usually give. So just download the app and you can listen to all of the podcasts for free. Good, good. And for myself, I'm recording another one up in the middle of next week. So two for the price of one. I know <laughs> this one, uh, the uh, September's one took a bit longer and now we're actually in October. So you're getting two for October. Um, so yeah, and uh, I edited an Academy podcast. So next week, uh, there'll probably be two with my lovely northeasterly tones for everyone. Um, and I also wrote a review on the For Honor Alpha, which got released a couple of days ago, I think. So if, you, if you're curious about a game coming out, uh, it's next year in uh, Valentine's Day. If you, if you have your doubts about that game, uh, give it a quick quick read even ask me about it tweet me um but i'm looking forward to it i hope you are and um, check out my review there but um thanks for joining me guys and um, thanks for listening everybody goodbye
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.